Books in the Middle, a podcast just for middle school books. Have you ever had a pet that you absolutely adored, that you absolutely loved? And have you ever had a pet that loved you back? I'm a huge animal person, so I feel like the connection between an animal and a person can be a really amazing connection. So what would happen if the animal that you have a connection with were to disappear one day? That's what happens to Buck. Buck did not read the newspapers, or who would have known that trouble was brewing, not alone for himself, but for every tidewater dog, strong of muscle and with warm, long hair, from the Puget Sound to San Diego. Because men, groping in the Arctic darkness, had found a yellow metal, and because steamship and transportation companies were booming the find, thousands of men were rushing into the Northland. These men wanted dogs, and the dogs they wanted were heavy dogs, with strong muscles by which to toil, and furry coats to protect them from the frost. Buck lived at a big house in the sun-kissed Santa Clara Valley, Judge Miller's place, it was called. It stood back from the road, half hidden among the trees, through which glimpses could be caught of the wide, cool veranda that ran around its four sides. The house was approached by gravel driveways, which wound about through wide-spreading lawns and under the interlacing boughs of tall poplars. At the rear, things were on an even more spacious scale than at the front. There were great stables, where a dozen grooms and boys held forth, rows of vine-clad servants, cottages, an endless and orderly array of outhouses, long grape arbors, green pastures, orchards, and berry patches— Then there was the pumping plant for the artisan well and the big cement tank where Judge Miller's boys took their morning plunge and kept cool in the hot afternoon. And over this great domain, Buck ruled. Here he was born, and here he had lived the four years of his life. It was true. There were other dogs. There could not but be other dogs on so vast a place, but they did not count. They came and went, resided in the populous kennels, or lived obscurely in the recesses of the house after the fashion of Toots, the Japanese pug, or Yazabel, the Mexican hairless, strange creatures that rarely put nose out of doors or set foot to ground. On the other hand, there were the fox terriers, a score of them at least, who yelped fearful promises at Toots and Yazabel, looking out of the window at them, and protected by the legion of housemaids armed with brooms and mops. But Buck was neither house dog nor kennel dog. The whole realm was his. But Buck's life is about to change in a drastic way. One day, he is taken by one of the field hands, and he has a rope put around his neck, at which point he is handed off to another man, a strange man, a man that Buck has never met before, to which Buck reacts not well because he's not familiar with this person. And that is the beginning of the harsh treatment that Buck begins to experience because Buck has just been stolen from his peaceful, wonderful life and he is being sold to help feed the mighty engine that is the great Klondike Gold Rush of 1897. The Call of the Wild by Jack London, 
This book is available in large print from Thorndike Press.